Welcome to this week's episode of Blank Page to Bestseller, brought to you by The Author's Voice. This week's episode is a special Biz Buzz publishing grab bag. KZ, Colleen, and I each take our own Biz Buzz topic related to publishing in some way, and we each discuss in depth a small part of the publishing process. Each one of our topics would be its own Biz Buzz, but today is a special Biz Buzz grab bag, like I said earlier. So each of us took our own topic, a topic that is something that we each really believe in or we want to let you, our listener, know about. Now, as these are each BizBuzz topics, they are a small overview of what we are going to talk about. However, we will more than likely talk about each of these further and in more depth as the podcast goes on. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Today, KZ is going to talk about royalty rights. Colleen talks a little bit about the editing and proofreading process, and I'm going to share a little bit about who is the customer. We begin today's episode with KZ talking about royalty rights. We can't wait to talk about these more in the future, and we hope you enjoy today. Without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to KZ to talk a little bit about publishing royalty rights. Oh, that sounds great, Peter. One of my favorite topics, actually, <laughs> uh, is I love I love it when I see a, a, an author begin to make some money out, out of uh, out of their uh, usually passion project. Most people who are writing and are publishing really feel passionate about about the writing, and oftentimes the income is secondary. And to my way of thinking about it, your business should be a book, and so the income should not be secondary. It should be an important part of, uh, of the whole process. So this is meant to be a short bite. Um, I'm going to go over a little bit uh, about what royalty is in general and also uh, defining how and when royalty is different, is given differently because there are a lot of, there's a huge range of, 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 of income that's available depending on how you choose to publish your book. And then later on uh, in, uh, in, up, in upcoming episodes, this will be one of our main topics for an entire episode. So if you have questions, be sure to follow up with us so that we can, uh, we can address those when we, when we record the, uh, the next session. In the meantime, though, let's go forward with this. And I want to talk first about what a royalty is. A royalty is very simply, at the very basic level, it is what the writer is paid for his creative work or her creative work, okay? So when you write a book, if you never publish it, you're never going to make any money. But when you publish the book and make it public, you have to go through a process of first creating it, writing it, then you have to go through the process of getting it into a format that is consumable by the public, and then you have to get it distributed. And all of this process after writing it is called publishing. And when you publish, you as the writer earn a royalty. Simply put, a payment for your work. You're paid based on every, you should be paid based on every book that is sold. You receive a percentage of that sale. Every book that is that is sold any place in the world should garner you a percentage of that sale. That's a royalty. Now, there are two ways to do this. 
traditional publishing and self-publishing. And there are categories within each, but we're gonna keep this simple. Traditional publishing is, is the old model and it's still a viable model where uh, the publisher has all of the rights to your book. The publisher will, uh, de they define all of the terms. They make all the decisions as far as um, the, the process of, 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 uh, of marketing the book. And also in many cases, how the book itself is finally edited. They make the decisions. And publishing can take usually almost always at least two years, sometimes longer, okay? Um, the self-publishing process is where the author um, chooses to not only write the book, but also publish it and keep all the rights. Uh, the author makes all of the decisions and the author can put that book out on shelves and have it be for sale as soon as it's created, as soon as it's written and edited. So why wouldn't everyone go to self-publishing because you can keep control? Well, because that process um, of taking the book from its creative nub and putting it into a finished product and distributing it is a lot of steps. It's a business, going back to what we talked about at the very beginning. So the decision you make for how you publish your book has a great deal to do with your commitment and ability to run a business. If you are someone who has a great idea for a book and you uh, simply want to get it out there and you want to write it, you write it and you go into the traditional model. And if you're lucky, you'll be picked up by a publisher and they will take care of everything. Okay. You will get a much lower percentage of commission of royalty on that because the publisher, the traditional publisher is taking on all of the responsibility. Okay. In tr traditional publishing, the publisher will have, will give the author an advantage, an advance, not an advantage, will give the author an advance, uh, typically for a first time author, a few thousand dollars. Okay. And then the royalty that they will receive will be anywhere from five to 18%. It's pretty much the top is 18% from a traditional publisher for a first time author and for many multiple time authors. Then you will receive, but not then, the percentage that you receive, whatever is agreed to in your contract, doesn't come into effect until you have paid back. They call it earning out. You have to earn out the advance. So if you get a $2,000 advance, you won't receive any royalties until your royalty percentage has built up to $2,000 and has covered that advance. Okay. I know it's cryptic and I don't want to get into a lot of details here. Okay, I simply want to give you an idea of what it means and why you why you have to carefully consider how you're going to make your publishing um, launch. Okay, now let's talk about small press and self-publishing. Self-publishing is where you can where you choose all the options. You have all the control. You also take on all the responsibility and you get all the benefits. With self-publishing, your royalties are going to be anywhere between thirty-five and seventy percent. Okay. Why is it only 70%? Well, because the publishing, the actual physical process of publishing, there are costs, there are actual physical costs to produce a book. So that 30% that or that 70% that uh, the, the actual publisher, even though you are a self-publishing, there is a company that is doing that process for you. 
and they do earn their 30%. So it's essentially the reverse of traditional publishing. When you're self-publishing, it's reversed. You earn most of the commission and the, uh, the actual costs involved are absorbed into the rest of the commission, the royalty. Small press is uh, a form of self-publishing. And if you are working with a small press, that's, that's a company that does that offers the publishing arm of the, the process and may also offer the editing arm of the process. There are many different types of self-publishers and we're going to go into that in another date. But that particular type of arrangement will provide you with some place between 18 and 25% of your royalty because that self-publisher, sorry, that small press publisher is actually still taking on a higher percentage of the responsibility. And they also have to maintain the royalty records because they're getting the full royalty paid to them. Okay. And then they have to pay you out. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of um, overhead for a small press, just as there is for a traditional publisher. Okay. I don't want to get any more detail than this, but I want to do want to give you a couple of numbers. Okay. Uh, just to give you an idea of what we're talking about here. Um, this is what I'll end with. So whichever way you choose to go with your royalties, as far as getting, as far as earning royalties are concerned, if you go with um, traditional publishing and sell 6,000 eBooks, okay, um, priced at $7, for example, your earnings on that would be $10,650. So $10,000 for uh, a, sell, a traditionally published book that earns out at 6,000 books, okay? For self-published, same numbers, 6,000 books, $7 a book. Um, there's paperback in there as well, but just to give you the basics there, your earnings are $51,600. So the money is much higher for self-publishing, and so is the responsibility. The traditional publishing earnings are much lower for almost every author, but the responsibility is not there. What you are able to do in traditional publishing is strictly be an author. What you have to do in self-publishing is be a business person and an author. I hope this has helped clarify some of this for some of you. No, that's a great overview of just the different, I mean, it's not just about royalties, but about the different types of publishing as well, Candy. And I think for sure, like you said, we'll have to go into a little bit more depth in a future episode on this because there's just so much to cover. And, you know, that's really the goal of the podcast is to help kind of peel the veil behind, you know, take a peek behind the veil of all of these different uh, publishing options for, for authors, for writers, for anyone helping authors. Absolutely. And we have uh, tons of experience here at the Author's Voice to, uh, to be able to, to help you all to understand exactly what the right options are so that you can choose the one that's right for you. Yeah, I think that's really great. You know, one of the things that you mentioned in both types of publishing is editing. Um, and I think editing is one of the, uh, one of the paramount processes that oh. people always kind of forget about. So I do want to turn this over to Colleen to share a little bit about editing and proofreading because, as I'm sure she'll tell you, they are different things. So I'd love to have her uh, kind of uh, take a little bit of a deeper look at what editing and proofreading is for authors. 
Before we turn it over to Colleen, I do want to share a quick word from us at The Author's Voice. Today's episode is brought to you by us at The Author's Voice and our Summer Sizzle Sale. Do you have a passion for writing? Are you looking to share your story as a speaker? Or maybe you're looking to grow your business by expanding your client offerings. Begin your journey to become a certified publishing professional today with our Summer Sizzle BOGO Sale. You can enroll in both the Author Assistant and Speaker Assistant training programs today for the price of one. That's right, two training programs for the price of one. The kids are heading back to school, so why don't you do the same? These two best-selling courses are designed to help you understand the ins and outs of publishing and how to take your story to the public by becoming a public speaker. Learn more about the Summer Sizzle Sale on our website, theauthorsvoice.org forward slash summer sizzle. That's theauthorsvoice.org forward slash summer sizzle. Editing, proofreading is an investment in your book and your business. And like Candy said, your book is a business. And that's what we really educate our authors on is that your book is a business. To make money on your book is so important. You've spent the time writing it. You spent the money having it published, whether that's self-publishing or however you go about that. But you want to make money on your book make sure it's priced right and all that type of stuff. But anyway, today I'm going to talk to you about editing and the parts of editing. There's really three parts to the editing process, which is developmental uh, editing, line or general editing, and then the proofreading process. And so I'm just going to go into a little detail today and then talk about it more in future episodes. So you have written your story, you've spent the time, and I'm going to tell you that you need a professional editor and proofreader for your book. We've had we've had authors in the past tell us that they wanted to have their mom proof their book because she was an atheist and it was a Christian book and she wanted was hoping that her mom would convert. And we were like, okay, um, really, even if you want your mom to proof it or your aunt or your cousin, your next door neighbor, are they really going to give you the critique that you need? Are they going to tell you what's needed and what needs to be changed so that you can make your book your business and it can be clear and cohesive? So developmental, it starts with the overarching big picture of your book and your content. So you want to look for errors in that overarching story, which that consists of making sure is your is your story flowing? Does it need to be changed? Do some paragraphs need to be brought from the bottom up into a new section? Are your paragraphs cohesive? Uh, are you talking about one thing, but then you happen to start talking about another element that needs to go down into a different section or paragraph of your book? So that's developmental editing, editing going over the overarching part of your book, the big story. Then we go into the line or general editing, it can be called, and that is focusing on the smaller details. So is the author using the correct word choice? Are they using the same word over and over and over again? And they could use something like a different word that means the same thing because you want to have 
uh, variety in your writing. So making sure that the author's using the correct word choice, but also not the same word over and over. Are there is a writer using the active voice instead of the passive voice? Yes, there are times when passive voice can be used in editing or in, in writing your book, but it's easier for the person to read, the reader of your book, to read in the active voice. Either way, you want to make sure it's consistent for what you are talking about. And then consistency and character details. If you're writing a fiction book, are you talking about Sally and she has blue eyes and blonde hair in one part, but then when you get down to chapter 10, is Sally a brunette with uh, brown eyes? So you want to make sure that your characters are cohesive and everything is the same and keeping consistency in those small details. Yes, they're small, but they are important. And that's when you change this information in the line in general edited. Then we go into the proofing process, which is the final part of your uh, after everything has been edited and the developmental and the line has been changed, the proofing process comes in. This is where we look for things that are consistency and grammar, capitalization, names, numbers, punctuation, all of that needs to be correct because you want your book to be as professional as it can be. And I'm going to give you a little uh, case history story that is true that uh, I think is important and might bring some light to 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 what you're understanding here. So proof, uh, poor proofreading, it doesn't mean life or death in your business or kill your book or your reputation, but it can. It can kill your people who want to buy your book. That means this is a true story of someone, a friend and a colleague of, of mine that I worked with. And I was visiting her house and she had just received a printer's proof of a book she was working on. And I was not working on this book with her, but I said, hey, can I read this book? And she said, sure. And it was a little small book, but uh, while I wasn't reading it for corrections, I was reading it for the information. I noticed that there was an, an error on her acknowledgement page. And it was a very notable high level business coach's name and it was misspelled. And this lady had even coached with this, this uh, coach. And I was like, wow, um, okay. I had a pencil in my hand. So I just made a small little mark in the book and then I kept reading. And then after a bit of time, I asked my friend if her copy had been proofread and she said, yes. Well, at this point I'd noticed there were already like 10 misspelled words and other issues in her printer's proof. So I wasn't quite sure how to broach the subject to her, but I mentioned it to her and she was really shocked to say the least. So my friend then asked me if I would proof it. And of course I said, yes, because that's what I love to do. So after proofing the book, I came to the bibliography and my brain said, well, this has been professionally proved. I shouldn't really have to review it. But because of my ethics, I said, okay, bibliographies are really no fun to check, but I pride myself on finishing a job no matter what. So while I was verifying the references, I came across an author's name and the title of a book, and both were misspelled. Mm -hmm. So I was so happy that I went ahead and did it because that's what I do. And I mentioned that to my friend. Well, anyway... Editing, this is so crucial. Proofreading and editing is crucial for your book. We always say an author can write their first book, but will they be able to write a second book? Because if it's if people notice the misspellings and it's not professionally done, then who's going to want to buy your second book? Mm -hmm. So it is an investment for your business. And it's important for you to have a second set of eyes read it, whether it's a blog, your book, whatever it is. 
ask someone to check it out because your book is your business. And that's what I have to say about proofreading and editing right now, but I'll go into more detail in future episodes. Thanks, Peter. Yeah, thanks for sharing those differences between the different editing processes. I know it's so important. I love how you pointed out anyone can write one book, but not everyone can write two. I think that's so important because, you know, one of the areas that we've talked about too is um, in the past, especially for business owners, people who are coaches, et cetera, um, a book is almost like a business card. If you give it to someone, people will learn who you are, learn about you and your business. But if there's errors and misspellings and big issues with the book, you know, they're going to know that, hey, they may not want to work with you in the future. Yeah, it's really true. And it's kind of funny how my eyes just have always gone to that. It, even when I was used to read the newspaper, when we had newspapers come out and I would notice something and people would laugh at me, but it, it's kind of funny how it'll stick out for some people, but not everybody. But do you really want those mistakes going out there? Absolutely. And I like the point you made, Colleen, about uh, about not having your neighbor or your best friend do the do the do the editing. You do need to hire a professional and they're not there. It's well worth the extra uh, really minimal amount of money to uh, to hire a professional. Yeah, I think so. And uh, not just because I love doing it, but <laughs> it, it helps your your reputation as an author and a business person. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely think that we're going to have to go a little bit more in depth on each of those processes in the future episodes. Um, but, you know, I think for, for today's Biz Buzz, I'm going to close us out by uh, asking you a simple question. Who is the customer? So Candy earlier uh, uh, shared that there's different types of publishing. You know, there's uh, traditional publishing, there's self-publishing, and there's even different types of publishing within the self-publishing. Um, one of the things that we really, really try to educate authors on is um, to have them ask who is the customer. Too often, there are some, um, let's just say, uh, not so ethical publishers out there in the world who will um, let, I don't know how to put this nicely. Basically, the question is, who's the customer? Is the person publishing the book trying to sell books to readers, whereas, you know, they would go out to the bookstores, get books um, there, get books into Amazon, etc.? Or is the person publishing your book trying to sell you the author to make money off of you because that's where the real um the real uh success comes from is when you're selling your book you want to make sure you're selling your book and not just being someone that is you know stuffing the pockets of a publisher who's not actually going out there to sell your books um so you really um most i i would say most traditional publishers that you would recognize um, are going to be their their main customer is the reader. Think of it like that. You know, they're not trying to get more Stephen Kings because they're making money off of Stephen King. They're trying to get Stephen Kings in there because he sells millions of copies of books and that lines their pocket. There are some publishers, though, some self-publishing companies who they're not trying to sell books. Their main audience is not the reader. 
their main audience is more authors that they can charge 10, 15, $20,000 to make money off of the author. And then the author ends up selling, you know, 10, 20, 30 books, maybe. Um, one of the, the main ways that I um, can kind of tell who the author or who the customer is, is if you get a contract with a publishing company, uh, take a look at if there are things like if you have to buy a certain number of books, that's, um, you know, there are some places that will make you buy 50, 100, 500 copies of the book uh, right when you publish the book. And that right there is a, a key uh, identifier on someone who's trying to just make money off of the author and not actually sell you the book. Because for them, that's showing that people are buying the book but they're not actually being sold to people who are readers. They're just being sold to you. Um, another way that you want to keep an eye out on is um, like KZ was talking about earlier, royalty rights. There are some self-publishing companies that will charge or give you very little, if any um, royalty rights. So if you are not making royalties, that's another um, big uh, warning sign that goes off and says, hey, maybe the author is the customer and not the reader. So those are two really big areas that I want to kind of shed some light on. Um, but I will say, I think most, if not all traditional publishers are, you know, sticking up for you. So you, you really have um, well, not sticking up for you, but they're at least treating the author as not a customer. Um, and it's it's really these smaller self-publishing companies that are um, where you want to keep a little bit more of a, a close eye at what you're doing. So I don't know if um, KZ or Colleen, if you have anything to add on what we've talked about today, but that's my biz buzz. I think I'll just add on uh, a bit on, on what you just said. And, and, and I want to say that don't be afraid to to discuss your book options with a small press publisher. Simply be aware that there are what we call, we have called them in the past vanity press. Um, that's what Peter is describing. And there are, they are, they are sneaky. I'm sorry, there's no other way to say it. They are sneaky. They, they, they change the names of their companies because they get caught in, and then they, they, they pop up again someplace else, same people, different name. Um, so there are, be, uh, be aware and educate yourself. That's, that's the big key. As a writer, if you're interested in book publishing and becoming a published writer, published author, make sure that you are taking the time to educate yourself. Mm -hmm. That is the key premise behind, uh, uh, behind the author's voice is, mm -hmm. is we fully are uh, engaged in, in educating everyone who wants to learn about writing and publishing. You know, one thing I do want to add on that, uh, since you brought it up, vanity about vanity presses especially, is take a look at their catalog. If they have an online catalog, you can actually learn quite a bit if you look at what books they have for sale, because some of these vanity presses or these small press publishers, uh, whatever we're calling them today, <laughs> um, they don't, they are not um, in one niche audience. They'll have books that cover any and every topic. And if you're really a press, a, a publisher, you're going to want to focus in on, because you, to narrow down the audience into one area, you know, whether that be um, 
you know, romance, whether that be general fiction, whether that be nonfiction, uh, a press that is focused on one specific genre is going to usually be a little bit more, um, more author friendly. Let's say it that way. Um, so, you know, if you're seeing people that have 18, 20 different genres for 20 different authors, you know, another warning sign might be um, popping up in your head. I have a little story to add to that real quick is before I knew what I knew when I, before I became a certified author assistant, certified publishing professional, I was taken by a vanity press, meaning that I spent long time writing this tip book. It was a tip book, a marketing tip book. And I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know about getting my own ISBN. I didn't know about setting up my own self-publishing company. I didn't know about having someone proof what I had written, et cetera, et cetera. And so that book was so poor that I spent money getting it published, not by myself, but this vanity publisher. And I do not even market the book. That's how bad it was. And I didn't know what I didn't know. So education is so important. Once you know what you know, and you've learned what you learned you can either then do it yourself or have a professional help you or do it both, you know, have it both ways, but have someone professional help you so that your time and your energy and your money is worth and well spent. Absolutely. Well said, well spoken, Colleen. Yeah, thank you. And I want to thank KZ and Colleen again for sharing their own perspectives on all these topics today. And it's been a great um, a great informational day, I think, on the BizBuzz. And um, I think in the future, we'll have to go more in depth on each one of these topics. And, you know, as we go through and talk about all of these publishing tasks, hopefully you, the listener, will learn a little bit. And we do want to ask you, the listener, if you have any questions or topics or um, ideas on what you want to hear about from us on the BizBuzz, please feel free to let us know. Um, we'll have information on that down in the show comments. But thank you both for helping us uh, talk a little bit about the publishing grab bag today. The Blank Page, the bestseller podcast, is a production of The Author's Voice. I have been your host, Peter Wheatmartian, and I want to thank KZ and Colleen for joining me on this episode to discuss all things writing, publishing, and speaking. Do you have questions about today's topic or would like to be a guest on a future episode? You can learn more about The Author's Voice on our website, theauthorsvoice.org, or send our team an email at info at theauthorsvoice.org. You can stay in touch with Candy, Colleen, and Peter through The Author's Voice on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Links to all of those can be found in the show notes. If you have enjoyed the episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review on the podcast app of your choice. Also, please help us spread the word about the Blank Page to Bestseller podcast by sharing the episode on your social media or by introducing a friend, a colleague, an author, or anyone who would enjoy the discussion to the show.